Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, a very special guest. He is now an Olympic coach for the 2021 U.S. Olympic team headed to Tokyo. He put four women on the U.S. Olympic team, and they claim a fifth in Emma Wyant. Today, we are sitting down with UVA head coach Todd DeSorbo. What's up? you okay? okay i didn't put i didn't put four people on the u.s limit team those four people put me on the u.s limit team <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah i i uh and it takes a, it, it takes a village too you know our staff the whole team um you know but i, I don't i definitely don't want to be claiming to you know be the reason why they're on they're they're certainly the reason why i get to go um to tokyo and, and be with them and so it, it's, you know, I, I, I've got to be grateful and thankful to those, those athletes, those girls, cause they, they blow my mind every day. And that's, that's a great thing to say. It's a great way to start off because I think that's a, that's a good first question is you've had uh, a few days to kind of just sit and kind of soak this all in this, this trials was, was a wild experience for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. Um, and how, how have you processed the, the, the last week in these last few days, especially knowing that it took this village to get four women on the Olympic team, um, from UVA? Yeah. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure I've even processed it yet. Um, I hope they have, I hope, I hope they've taken a moment to really, uh, let it sink in of what they've been able to accomplish, um, you know, this whole year. You know, for me, I, I'm just coming back and just the dust, the dust hasn't settled yet. I hope I had hoped it would, uh, but it, it's, I guess, just busy, really busy right now. Just prepping to leave on Sunday, as well as just uh, trying to get as much work as I can get done um, and also spend some time with the family. So I haven't even had a moment. I, I, you know, I think I think the, the flight to Hawaii to the training camp is probably when I'll probably be able to digest most of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know. The, this the, our team just generally speaking just really um it, it, i'm in all of them all the time every day and so you know just to kind of continue to to do what they do um you know and and be as good as they were at trials is you know it's it's just it's it's a i know it's not the end because we we have the olympics now um but it's a it was it was kind of the end of that chapter, I guess. And it was, it was a fitting end and a perfect end. It really couldn't have gone any better. So, um, you know, I, I couldn't be happier for them, uh, for our program, for our coaching staff. And um, I think, you know, over the course of last week, almost every final session, our coaching staff would leave and just like giggle walking out of the building, um, just giggle, like, holy cow, I can't believe that just happened. Did that really just happen? And just like giddy, with excitement and, um, you know, excitement and, and pride for, for those, you know, individuals that were doing what they were doing. And it wasn't just the four who, you know, made the Olympic team. It was, you know, all 15 of, of the athletes we had there were just doing some great things. So it was, it was just, a, it was a lot of fun. It was really stressful. Um, I, it was stressful for me. I can't imagine what it was like for the athletes. 
<laughs> so I, yeah, I do want to go back to the meet and, and relive some of these stressful moments, not to, not to put you in that situation again, <laughs> but the, so the first UVA athlete that made it was, I guess it was Emma Wyant, but, but she, did you feel, did you feel the same about her as you did for the rest of those athletes seeing her on night one? Obviously she's coming to UVA. As you said, she, she was there for like 10 days or something, but she's been training in Sarasota for the most part. Um, you know, obviously you guys are cheering, cheering for her, but was that the same sort of feel as, as the athletes you've been training? Um, I, you know, I, I think similar, but maybe not exactly just because, you know, we weren't, you know, directly overseeing her for the entire year leading into this. Um, you know, she elected to stay back with Brent and, uh, at Sarasota. And obviously that was a great choice. Um, you know, but yeah, I was certainly nervous for her, maybe more so for Brent, you know, just being around him and watching him. Cause I know he was, uh, he was super nervous about it as well. So, um, you know, more excited, um, you know, probably than anything for her just cause, you know, you know, I guess it's a little less pressure on us, our coaching staff and, and our team, um, from that perspective, just cause she had been down there all year, but, uh, nonetheless, definitely, um, definitely, you know, a little bit stressed and a little bit nervous and anxious for her, um, you know, and, you know, she just went out and lit it up right away. So it was, it was fun. Um, and that race was, it was a wild race. Um, you know, and it was the, I guess, I guess that was the first event where we had Olympic qualifiers, um, that, that first night, um, not we, but just the, the, the U S so it was the first opportunity for anybody to qualify. And it was, a, it was a crazy race the way it came down to the finish. And, um, it, I guess that was a foreshadowing of how the rest of the meet was going to go because it seemed like it was like that every day. Dude, no kidding. <laughs> there, there, was, <laughs> there was some barn burners in there for sure. Yeah. Um, and so, but, so then the next night, or I guess the next day, you know, Paige has a really good prelims. Um, what were you guys thinking heading into that race, especially, I, I think she, at least from my perspective, from a media perspective, we were like, I th Paige has a better chance to make it in that 200 free, right? right. The 400 free might be a little bit more of a, of a crap shoot. Um, yeah. what were you guys yeah. thinking heading into that final? Well, you know, there was debate uh, amongst Paige and our staff of whether she was even going to swim the 400, uh, because the focus had been entirely on the 200. There was zero focus on the 400. Um, you know, coach Blair Bachman, um, coaches her directly. And, you know, I think Paige, I think our coaching staff and, and Blair and, and some others that have been involved in her development over this year thought she had a really good chance in the 400, but I don't think Paige did. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, there was, there was a debate, you know, a few days before the 400 page was like, we were joking about it. And she was like, yeah, I didn't, you know, I debated even swimming it, you know, cause the 200 was the next day. Uh, the prelims of the 200 was is the next day. So, you know, questioning of whether she should swim it and if it would take anything out of her for the 200, which was going to be her prime opportunity to make the team. So, you know, there was, there was question of whether she was going to swim it. And then there was also debate of, okay, swim it in prelims and then we'll scratch finals if you make it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that the thought was, okay, she'll probably make finals, but you know, is she going to be close enough to a top two finish to really make swimming finals worth it? Um, but we also knew, you know, her best time was from two years ago. So, you know, she's improved a lot in two years. So we knew that there, you know, there was a pretty significant drop ready, you know, she was due for that. Um, and so, 
you know, once you had that prelim swim, we were like, okay, well, you know, I think that, I think that just got her really excited to swim it again that night, um, you know, and just, and set her up. And, and, and I think probably the nonchalant attitude about the race probably really helped. There was zero pressure, um, you know, and even at the nighttime swim, if she, if she didn't make the team, it, it, you know, the expectation wasn't that she was going to make the team. She was just swimming it to get into the meet. Um, and so I think that that not having that pressure probably, it probably really helped her in the end. And I mean, especially for, for such a long and tactical race like that, I would assume, yeah, having, having fewer nerves probably helps more. Um, yeah. could, could you see the difference in her nerve levels of from the 400 to the 200 or do you think by the time the 200 rolled around, since she had already qualified for the team, she was, she was a little looser than, than oh, she yeah. would have been. Oh, 100%. I think that, um, I think after the 400, she was just beaming with confidence. Um, and, and I think and, and she knew her 200 was going to be good. And, you know, at that point, I don't think there was any stopping her. Um, you know, so I, I think that, you know, we never could have imagined that the 400, 200 would have worked out the way it did, but you know, it worked out the best possible way it could have for her because it just, it helped build her confidence and and she rolled right through the two hundreds, you know, at that point. And, um, you know, I, she just could swim a lot more relaxed. There wasn't as much pressure. She still really wanted to make the 200. Um, she, you know, that, that's always been the focus. So she was really excited about it, but I think there was a lot more excitement then there was anxiety or stress, you know, going into it after the 400. Was, was it surprising to you, um, to after you've been at UVA for three years now, four, four, four years. And you already have, and, and, you know, after that second night, it's like, Whoa, we, we've got an Olympian. Um, well, you know, that was the hope coming in. Um, uh, we knew we had, you know, four or five really good opportunities, but none of them were seated to make the team, right? Uh, I, I mean, Emma was. Emma, you know, and, and she obviously wasn't training with us this year. But the other four weren't necessarily seated to make the team. So it was they could make it and or they could not. And, and they could have gone in there and had a really, really good beat, still not made the team. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, um, I think even from our coaching staff, our stress levels probably went down a little bit after Paige made it because we're like, okay, we got one, like, that's that's you know any coach would kill to have one right and and i would um and so we were excited and happy and still anxious for our swimmers because you know at the end of the day you really as a coach at least for me and our staff we we want we want the best for 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 our student athletes we want them to we want them to be really successful because they work really hard and they're really good people and you know you just you just you hope that good things will happen to good people who work really hard. And, and so that's, you know, so anytime we go to a meet where we're trying to peak, you want them to swim well and compete well because they've earned it. Um, they put the work in, they, they deserve it. Sometimes it obviously doesn't come together and, and they don't swim as, uh, you know, to their um, potential, but you always hope they do and, and you wish for it. And, and, you know, you want that for them because they've done the work and, and, and they deserve it. So for Paige to have done that is really just um, it's a culmination of four years of motivation, discipline, focus, and, and hard work. And she works insanely hard. Um, I mean, she works hard in everything. I, I don't find that hard to believe. Uh, <laughs> but 
this is this is maybe the hardest meet to be successful at or to right. to to be your best at. Um, so I'm 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 a little curious before we kind of move into that rest of the meet and and some of the other UVA swimmers. How, how do you prepare them more mentally and emotionally for a meet like this? You know, it's like every swimmer's been obviously your swimmer's been to a lot of taper meets. Done, gone through this process before, but especially for those who haven't been to a trials meet before, um, is there is there anything extra or specific you're doing to say, hey, this meet's different? Um, we try not to, uh, really, more than than trying to, because you know we 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 really, you know, as a coaching staff, we know that it's different, and we know there's a lot more pressure, and 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 you're by yourself, whereas every other meet we go to, we're there as a team, and you have that support, and granted our team's there and you have that support, but it, it's, it's just different. Um, and so we, we just did our best to just take the pressure off. We didn't really talk about it all that much. Um, you know, we, we, we talked to individuals about what we think they're capable of doing. Um, you know, and, you know, also talk to people about the emotions of this meet that it's really up and down and you got to manage that specifically Kate Douglas. Cause she was going to be swimming a lot and she had four really good opportunities to make the team and, they may or may not work out and you got to manage your emotions as you go through the, through the competition so that if you don't make it in this event, well, you just got to, you got to put it behind you and get ready for that next one. Cause you got it just as good of a shot. Um, but we tried to, you know, we tried for the most part to just not talk that much about it. And, and honestly, that's what we do for most of our big competitions. I mean, we talk about winning NCAAs and our conference championship meets and, and things like that, but we don't dwell on it. Um, you know, we tend to just tell the team what we think they're capable of, tell the individuals what we think they're capable of, and then just say, let's just focus on today. And, and we'll worry about the meet when, when we get to the meet. Um, and, and so, um, I, you know, they obviously I'm sure felt pressure and were stressed and anxious as probably everybody at that. I don't know that there's anybody at that competition who probably wasn't. Um, but we, we try to, we try to dilute it as much as we can. That makes sense. Yeah. I think, yeah. Again, yeah. That makes sense. Dude, I was stressed at that meet and I'm, I'm not, even, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, I have no involvement. I'm just covering it. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. It's a lot. So, so Kate Douglas, uh, let's, let's transition to her. You said she had four really good shots. So hundred fly two IM hundred free 50 free. Right. Or her, yep. it was that, that was her event schedule. Was there, was there an event that you thought she had the best shot and making it in? Um, Honestly, I, I, I really thought the two I am was going to be her best shot. Um, and I told her that it's actually really ironic that she made it in that event because, uh, you know, in late April, you know, she was not even going to swim the 200 I am, um, you know, she, she just was not excited about it. Um, and, and I've always taken the approach, like swim what you want to swim. Like at NCAA, we talked about NCAAs, right? Like how do we choose their events? Hey, swim what you want to swim and what makes you excited because that's what you're going to be best at. Um, she was not excited about the 200 IM. And <laughs> she, she may she may be mad at me for, for saying this, but we got, you know, two, three, four weeks, maybe three weeks out of the Indy Pro meet in May. You know, she just, she in practices was just like, I'm done with the I am. And I even told her, I'm like, yeah, you're done with the I am. We're going to focus on the freestyle on the fly and move forward. And then she was like, well, but you know, maybe I, and I kept telling her two I am is your best shot. And so anyway, she decided, you know, she was like, she swam it at the May meet in Indy. And she was like, I'll swim it there and just see how it goes. Um, 
you know, but she didn't want to swim. Uh, anyway, she swam well. And I think that built her confidence a little bit. And, and, you know, I don't know that she was excited about that race, but she likes the short races. <laughs> um, so anyway, it's just, it's, it's funny um, to us that that's the event she made it in because literally six or eight weeks ago, she was like, done. I'm done with the long course. I am don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> so, I mean, that, yeah, that is funny, especially because coming out of high school, I think we, we kind of saw, always saw her as, as a sprinter or someone who preferred those shorter races at UVA. We've seen her have a lot of success in two hundreds, but short course is obviously very different. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about the, the training that she was doing? And um, I mean, cause, cause a long course 200, even if it's, I am where you're, where you're kind of just sprinting four fifties, it's, it's a, it's a pretty different beast. And I know her and Alex talked a lot about doing I am group together this spring. Um, but what, how do you prepare someone like Kate who prefers the shorter races, but obviously is extremely versatile for that long course 200? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's challenging. Um, mainly because, you know, it, it's not like we were trying to prepare her for just one race, you know, just the I am. So mm-hmm. trying to prepare her for the 53, but also, get it ready for a 200 IM where you've got to have some of that, you know, you've got to have some of that endurance work. So her training was just all over the place. Um, I mean, every practice she, she basically would do, we had eight practices a week and she would do one specific discipline every single practice. So she's doing, you know, a 50 freestyle specific workout. She's doing a hundred freestyle specific workout. She would do um, a fly speed, a back speed, a brushstroke speed workout. She would do one aerobic free workout, one IM workout. Uh, and then one extra butterfly workout because she was going to swim the hunter fly. So it's like uh-huh. every practice, she just do a different stroke every practice, um, which I think is as an athlete is probably fun because you're, you're, you're always switching it up and you're always doing something different. Um, but you know, it, it was, you know, it, it's, it's a challenge. I think, I don't think it's necessarily a challenge if you're only prepping for the 200 IM, but when you, when you need to turn around and be ready for a hunter fly and be ready for a 53 and a hunter free, then, you know, it becomes, it becomes a little bit more challenging, but um, you know, we just try to hit every stroke, you know, every day or not, we would just focus on one stroke per practice. So if she was doing breaststroke, that's basically all we did for that whole practice. And then we'd come back and do backstroke and, um, and she just did one, I am practice, like one, I am specific practice per week. Gotcha. Wow. <laughs> that I, I agree as an athlete, that does sound a lot more fun or, or in, at least enjoyable just to switch things up, keep yeah. it fresh keep yeah. it light. Um, did, so does she work with pretty much every coach then? Or I mean, you know, all of our athletes do, um, you know, we have primary practice groups mm-hmm. and, you know, and every athlete has, is, is assigned to a primary coach. And, but what that means really is, is that that coach just really manages and directs that athlete's program. And, and so the, the particular athlete might be with that coach for the majority of the workouts but likely ventures out and does, you know, does a lot of other things. Um, you know, so especially during the college season, you know, very few people only swim for one coach the entire time. And there may be like the extremes, like the pure sprinter who never leaves the sprint group or the pure distance swimmer who never leaves a distance group. But for the most part, there's a lot of rotating um, and, and every coach gets to work with, with every athlete. So, you know, I think that makes it fun for the athletes. I think it makes it fun for the coaches, um, you know, but so, you know, as it got closer to trials, we had less and less people training, obviously, because, you know, it, the, the, the 
group got a little bit funneled um, to those 15. So for the most part, athletes were with their specific primary coach leading in probably those last three to four weeks. Um, so Kate was with, you know, for the majority of her workout, she was with me. Uh, but, you know, leading into that last three to four weeks and, and throughout the year, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of transitioning of athletes back and forth. Um, she would do a lot of breaststroke stuff with coach West Fultz over the course of the year. She did a lot of IM stuff with Tyler Fenwick, um, you know, kind of all over the place. Yeah. Which again, sounds fun to me. seems yeah. to get a good blend of, of, of athletes to train with and of workouts and coaches. Um, so then uh, conversely, Alex Walsh, I'm guessing the 200 IM was probably a big, big focus for her. Um, yeah. Maybe the primary focus. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred um, percent. You know, her, her mindset around the IM was if I make the IM, I'm not saying anything else. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was also, if I don't make the IM, I got to find another event and try to make it in. Um, but that was, it was by far, you know, her best shot, um, you know, and, you know, I think, I think for her, if, if she didn't make it in that, it would have been a challenge to make it, in, you know, even, even more of a challenge to make it in anything else. She's obviously super versatile and could swim a lot of events, um, you know, and probably could have made the final or, or at least semifinal in 15 different events. But, um, you know, the main focus for her was certainly the I am, and you know, pretty much put everything into that. And how did that manifest into her training? just on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, so her, and, her and Kate trained a lot together, but they probably trained, they probably did about 50 to 75% of the same workouts. But, um, Alex is, Alex is a sprinter at heart. Um, uh, but needs a little bit more, um, you know, aerobic threshold type work, um, that, that benefits her. So Kate tends to go towards the shorter end, a lot more speed work and, a little less of the aerobic threshold stuff. And Alex just does a little bit more. So um, they, they train pretty similarly, except for Alex will throw in probably three, you know, out of eight practices a week, three of hers are big aerobic workouts, whereas mm-hmm. only one of Kate's is. Um, so, so Alex would do some, you know, some, some good old John Urbanichek colors, um, you know, red set type stuff, Coach Blair Bachman, you know, she would go with, with Paige and do, um, she would do two, um, kind of big aerobic workouts like that with, with, uh, you know, Blair's workouts. And then she would also do like a big, like a 400 IM workout with, with Blair as well. Um, Ellen Nelson, you know, would be, would be training with that. So she'd be with her. Um, and then her other five workouts would be really, really speed, you know, sprint based. So she would do the, like she would be with Kate with the fly, the back, the breast speed workouts, a freestyle speed workout. And then she would do the short IM speed workout that Kate would do as well. So she, her training was, uh, similar, but you know, with a little, with a little mix just because she, you know, her and Kate swim the same events, but, she, but they, they need, they need different things. Yeah. It's so can you take me through that 200 IM final? That was again, another one of yeah. those races, the, the closest race for first through third in Olympic trials history. Yeah, that, it was wild. I'm, I'm still in shock. I've watched that race 15 times. Um, and the last time I watched it, I teared up. Um, you know, I'll take, I'll, you know, go back two days before that final though. And Kate swam the hundred fly final and, and gets third by a 10th. Um, and, and so like, again, trying to manage those emotions, I told Kate right after that race, I was like, you know, first of all, you want a lifetime best by a full second, you know, over the course of this meet. So, you know, you're swimming fast, you know, you're ready to go. It stinks to have gotten third. Like that's the worst 
spot to be in at Olympic trials. Right. Um, but you swam really well. And I told her, I also thought the hunter fly was her longest shot to make the team. Um, just, just based on where she started the meet, right. She was a full second behind the top seeds coming into the meet. So, you know, you figure, I don't know, like a full second to drop when you're already improved that much is, is a lot. Um, so, you know, it, it, she was really happy with the swim, but also like, you know, but so then, you know, going into that next, you know, two days later, the 200 IM final, it's like, all right, I don't know if it's on our mind or not. We didn't talk about it anymore, but, um, you know, the, the 200 IM final was just wild because Alex just went out. She just went, she went, she sent it. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that's quite what you want to do in a 200. Um, you know, Alex, like her first, her first hundred was a full second better than she'd ever been her at the 150. She was like a second and a half faster than she was at the semifinal. And I was like, <laughs> the, the whole time I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be either really good or really bad. <laughs> um, you know, and even, and, and as it relates, to, and it's hard for us as coaches, you know, you're watching two different people and they're in two different places in the race, like entirely different places, swim it entirely different. Um, you know, and so like, she was so far ahead with like 25 meters left. I, I kind of stopped watching her because I'm like, she's good. She's got it. She's good. And kind of turned the attention to like, all right, Kate, come on, Kate. Cause Kate was probably in third or fourth with 25 left. Um, and I know, and we all know Kate closes really well. She closed really well in the, in the fly. Um, you know, she's closed really well in the IM in the past. So we're like, all right, if Kate's within a body length going into the last 50, I'm not going to say she's going to make it, but she'll have a shot. Um, but I'll be honest with 10 meters left. I was like, she's not going to do it because she was still, I don't know how far behind, but it was, it was a, 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 at least where we were standing. It was an amount where I was like, okay, I don't like it had, it'd be a miracle. Yeah. Um, and then obviously with like five meters left, I'm like, Oh God, get to the wall, Alex, <laughs> you know? And then you're like, get to the wall. Okay. Get to the wall. Everybody, you know, it was just wild. It was just wild. Um, and, and then obviously, you know, they hit the wall and one and two come up for those two girls and, and we just went crazy. It, it was um, probably the most uh, stressful and, and exciting, gut-wrenching and proud race I've ever, you know, ever been um, fortunate to be a part of. Um, it was just, it, it's, it, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And, and we were fortunate to be on the, you know, on the positive side of that. You know, I feel terrible for Madison, um, you know, cause I know she works equally as hard and, you know, probably earned it just as much. Um, at that point, I think, it, you know, you know, I don't necessarily believe all that much in luck, but at that point, you know, it's probably luck was on our side. Um, and I know how, you know, I know what getting third is like because Kate had just done it two nights ago and, and a lot of people did over the course of the meet. And, and it's just not that that's the one spot that's just not, it's not a fun spot to be in. And so, you know, I, my, my heart goes out to her, um, as well. Um, and so it, you know, at, at that point, it's hard to be really, really happy and proud, but also know that, you know, there, there's other people out there who's, who's, you know, um, hopes and dreams have, have been, you know, um, get, you know, some level kind of, you know, taken over, but, um, so, you know, I've got to, I've got to hand it to her and, and applaud her too, but, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was crazy. 
Now, our girls wouldn't have done what they did if it weren't for her. So, you know, they all pushed each other. And, and I can tell you that I would imagine all three of those um, women put everything they possibly could into that race. Not one of them could have taken another stroke. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, I think you said it really well, you know, there, there's always two people who are going to be really excited in a final like that and six people who aren't. Yeah. And that's, I think that's why that meet is so tough, but um, I, I want to get your opinion on something. So, you know, you mentioned Kate is a really good closer and I think in swimming, you know, the the assumption is always well if you train for distance then you're going to be a good closer right and if you're a sprinter you're not <laughs> and yeah. uh you know as, as a coach as someone who works with primarily sprinters and, and shorter distances it's like like you said kate is a really good closer what how, how do you see that play out especially in a race like that where alex who trains a lot more aerobic goes out really hard uh, you know, obviously kind of dies at the end there. And then, and then Kate has a much more controlled race. And obviously some of that is just about race strategy, but, right. um, you know, how, how does, how does Kate manage to close so good if she's primarily training sprints a lot? Yeah. Well, I, I think that, you know, that's from a training perspective, that's the approach that we take. Um, and, and we, and I've always taken with the sprinters is, you know, we, even though, like, I, I think sprint, it gets a te- uh, kind of a bad name. And Caleb Dressel is a great example. That's right. He's a sprinter, but he, we know he can do great 200s. He, he can do a great all 200s um, and he's done it. Um, you know, for me and, and the approach that we take from a training perspective, we train that top end speed um, and we and we put more of an emphasis on uh, developing speed and power and strength. We put more of an emphasis on that than anything. We do enough. Uh, aerobic training enough endurance training so that they can finish their races strong but i think that the reason they can finish strong you know because a lot of our sprinters can do great 200s long course and or short course um it's because they have that really great front end speed so kate can go out the, you know she's a great butterfly too so that helps but she can go out her first 50 and 27 low and it's easy it's easy whereas you know there's some other people who are going out in 27 high and that's they're pressing hard to go do that so, you know, we, our goal in 200s for, for our quote unquote sprinters is to use, you know, use your easy speed, you know, don't, don't, um, we don't want them pressing or, or working hard that front 50, use your easy speed. You're going to get to the 50 wall easy, no problem. And it's going to be fast. So, you know, so she's going to have something left, um, going to have something left at the end of the race because she didn't expend it all in that front 50 or that front hundred. Um, and so, you know, it, all of our, and that's, you know, I've coached some, some great sprint guys who have had great 200 freestyles short course and never once trained for a 200 free. Um, they own, it's just because I, I say this a lot, right? I, I can refer back to those, those guys that was a 200 free, right? If you're a, if you're a 41 in short course, if you're a 4,100 freestyler, you can go out in 43 in a 200 free, no problem. Right. And it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to kill you. And you'll be able to close. Um, whereas if you're a 4,300 freestyler, and you go out in 43, you may not finish a race. So, you know, that, that's kind of the approach that we take. We're going to get them as fast as we can in the shorter races. And that front end speed will allow you to go out, you know, fast without using a lot of energy. Um, and so that, you know, I think that's why, you know, she can close well um, at, at the end of those races because she hasn't used everything in that front, you know, the front part of the race. Makes total sense. <laughs> I'm glad we got your perspective on that. 
Uh, it's so, and then speaking of sprinters, obviously, um, last I'd like to hit on Katie DeLoof, who, who just arrived in Charlottesville this a year ago. Is that yeah, right? about basically about a year ago. She was by last May, June is, you know, once we, once we finally got access to a, a pool, actually it might've been, it might've been a little bit later than that. It might've been August. Um, but yeah, she's been with, she's been with us about a year. Okay. And I mean, can you just talk about the, the addition of that post-grad and what she's brought to the team and, and how you've seen her progress over the last nine months? Yeah. You know, she's, she's just a great person. Um, she's great to be around. She's, she's just, fun and and keeps things light and isn't too serious about swimming uh, which is a good thing um you know and i think her her biggest um development over the last year has just been strength um she's probably you know i, I don't i don't know because we're not like weighing people in or anything like that but i would imagine she's put close to 10 pounds of muscle on in the last year um and i think that's been it's been huge for her um, you know, just cause she just, she just needed to get faster. She has a beautiful stroke. She can do a great 200 free long course. She can do a great 200 free. So she's got the endurance, no problem for a hundred free. You know, our goal was just to get her actually like just to get her faster. Um, so we focus on the 50 a lot with her and her power and strength. So if we can get her 50 faster then her hunter's automatically going to be faster. So, um, you know, but, but having her around, you know, has been great cause she's just, she's just a good person. You know, she's quiet, um, you know, but, you know, she, she adds, a, she adds a ton of value when she's around. She's, she's great. Yeah. And so, so again, four who's on the Olympic team, a fifth, if you count Emma, which you guys can claim her. And, and then, uh, and like you said, they put you on that Olympic team. Um, so what are you looking forward to? You leave for Hawaii on Sunday for, for Olympic training camp and then on to Tokyo. Um, I mean, what is it, what does this mean to you to, to be an Olympic coach for your, for your first time in the U S well, I mean, it's a, it's a dream come true. Um, it, it's, it's my biggest and ultimate goal, um, as, as a professional. So, you know, I've said this often, um, to a lot of people when, when I'm asked, but I have, I have goals as well for me and for my professional career, you know, and just like kids have goals that they want to accomplish in, in the pool, um, with their races, you know, my goals have been. Um, and, and one of the reasons why I, I was excited to come to Virginia four years ago was my goals were to, you know, be able to be a part of a team that could potentially contend for national championships, which then also means you probably have athletes that you can work with that might win national titles, relays that can, you know, contend for national titles. You know, that that's a big goal, professional goal of mine. And then more, you know, bigger priority is to uh, be able to, uh, work with athletes that have the potential to make Olympic teams, national teams, world championship teams. Um, and then like my biggest dream is I told Greg Meehan this at NCAAs actually, I was like, you know, and, and it's no secret, like my biggest dream and goal is to be on the U S Olympic team coaching staff. Um, like, yeah, obviously I think that's the ultimate goal, you know, the ultimate, um, level for a coach, you know, is to do that because that means you, you don't get put on that staff for nothing. Um, your, your, your athletes have to have accomplished at a really high level. So, you know, so it, it means a lot to me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really proud. I'm humbled. You know, I'm, I'm also a little bit like the girls did it. Like, I, you know, like I, at some point, at some level, I'm like, man, I don't know, I'm not sure if I belong there. Um, cause I'm, you know, what I'm excited about is to be around coaches who, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm the rookie. I, I might be one of few coaches on staff um, who've never been on a staff like this before. Um, 
but Greg and uh, Dave and Terry and Bob Bowman and Greg Troy, you know, it, it's um, Jack Bowerly. I love those, you know, I love all them. I love hanging around them. So I'm excited just to be around them and learn. I'm, I'm, my goal is to soak in as much knowledge and learn as much as I can. And same thing with the athletes, you know, it's, I, I was fortunate in 16 to be, I, I was able to go to the, the first training camp with the team because that they let personal coaches go. So I was in San Antonio for like 10 days with Ryan held. Um, and, and at that point I, I was just like, I'm going to soak up as much knowledge and information as I can being around the athletes, you know, that, you know, you got 50 some odd athletes, the best athletes in the world. Um, you can learn a lot from them, you know, back then Caleb Dressel and Ryan held were training a lot together. And, and uh, I just remember Caleb teaching Ryan uh, this new breakout. Um, and I learned it because of that. And I, now I teach that like all of our swimmers do this breakout that Caleb taught us, you know, five years ago. Um, you know, and so I'm hoping to maybe learn something new, you know, while I'm out there, but, you know, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just, I'm there to help. Um, you know, my job, the way I, the way I view assistant coaches is, is to make the head coach's job and life easier. So I told Greg, I'm like, whatever you need me to do to make your life easier, let me know. Cause I know I'm sure he's slammed, um, you know, and stressed. So I'm, I'm happy to help him, but you know, I'm just excited to be there and be around him and, and, and be around, you know, our, our girls who made a team and, and, you know, just be along for the ride with them. I, I'm excited to watch them enjoy this, um, you know, and, and, to, and to really, they, they get to now really reap the rewards of, of their, you know, their hard work and, and the benefits of, of all their hard work. And I'm excited to just watch them have fun and enjoy it and be around, you know, be around the rest of the team. It, it, it I imagine will be a lot of fun. I think that's a great point to stop, Todd. I, I know you've had a busy week and I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat. Um, any parting thoughts before we sign out on on going to Tokyo? Oh man, go USA. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, I keep saying I'm not, I'm not team UVA anymore at, at this point for the rest of the summer, we're team USA. So I'm, I'm excited and, and, and looking forward to be a part of this, you know, big conglomerate. It, it, it's, uh, it, it's gonna be exciting. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.